Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hey gang, welcome back. Back to Rise and Run podcast episode 16. We're so glad you joined us. As always, I am here this evening with Alicia. Hello. With John. Hey there. With Lexi. Hello. And with Jack. Woo woo. Hi. Hey Jack. Missing from our group this evening is our editor-in-chief, Greg. Greg, you got, hey, you know, some guys have all the rotten luck. Greg's on a business trip. Greg's in Maui. Whoa. Not too rough, eh, gang? Posting pictures of the beautiful Hawaiian sunsets on Facebook. I hope he's having a great time. He'll be back with us next week. Hey, I'm going to take the first couple minutes of this episode and do what I call apologies and alibis. And you're welcome to join in if you would, please. Uh, I think if, if you think back, it's been two weeks and three episodes now because we, we stuck, snuck the Brittany episode in. Oh, by the way, let me stop right now. Let me stop, hold, stop, stop right there. If you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to episode 15, our, our interview with Brittany Charbonneau, pause this one right now and go back and listen to that one and listen Don't to what listen. a terrific guest. Yeah. What a terrific guest Brittany was. And uh, we had such a good time talking with her. So, so listen with that one. So, okay. Assuming you've done that three, two, one. All right. Now you're back with us. That's great. So let's go back three episodes, two weeks when we started talking about marathon weekend. And I believe I could go back and play it. I believe I said, I'm very reluctant to name names because as soon as you start naming people's names, you leave somebody out, right? Okay. So we were talking about who was at the, uh, the meetup on Saturday over at uh, Dockside Margaritas. And Greg and I were talking and we said, well, we had folks there from the customized training group. Chris was there and, uh, and Rob was there and Adam was there. And I think that's everybody in that Greg and Greg says, yeah, I think that's everybody. I spent a good chunk of the time I was there talking with Dean and Judy. And what makes it even worse is it was Judy's birthday. And I forgot to, to mention it. So a, a very belated happy birthday. Dean and Judy were there with us. That was fun. Who else did I miss? Oh, there, this is a good one. I love this. After the half, I came out and I, I've mentioned on several occasions, I listened to the will run Four podcast. I got a note on that in just a moment. Uh, and this fellow says, Hey, are you Bob? I said, yeah. He goes, Hey, I'm well, what he actually said was I'm Michael from the will run Four podcast. He said, I'm waiting for Aaron to finish. And then Aaron came and saw me later on, but that's not what I said last week when I said, and when the half marathon finished, I met Tom and Aaron from the Will Run For podcast. And I asked Greg, hey, do you remember meeting Tom and Aaron in Philadelphia? And he goes, oh, yeah, I met them in Philadelphia. No, we met 
Michael and Aaron. Tom and Diana, we haven't met yet, although I did get a chance to talk to them yesterday. They have a segment on there. Well, actually, it's a separate uh, podcast that they call Inside the Runner's Studio. So I, I thought it was very nice. I was happy to uh, talk with them for about 20 minutes yesterday. I don't know when that'll air, but that was a lot of fun. They are as much of a fun group as I thought they'd be from listening to them from time to time. And I got just one more. I'm listening to our interview with Brittany. I mean, I know I was there, but I listened to it anyway. And it's funny how you pick up on things that you didn't hear while you were recording it. And I'm talking with Brittany about what a, a great ambassador she was for the sport. And I believe I said, I don't know any other elite athletes, but I'm pretty sure Jeff Galloway ran for the U.S. in the 72 Olympics. And I know Jeff pretty well. So that was kind of embarrassing to leave Jeff out, but I think he'll forgive me. I'm not sure if Jeff listens. I know Chris does. And Chris is a pretty elite athlete too. I could have mentioned Chris. I didn't think about that, but that's my list of apologies and alibis. You guys forget anybody? I was going to say a joke, but then I was like, no, I can't do that. What was the joke? Say it anyway. We can always edit it out. (laughs) Our minds are younger than yours, Bob. (laughs) Greg, leave that in. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's true, Lexi. And you know what? And and, and I, I recognize that. And in fact, what I did in preparation for the the two shows we did on Marathon Weekend, I actually, when I came back to my room after each of the events, I sat down and made notes. So I wouldn't forget anything. And sure enough, I go back and look at my notes as met Tom and Aaron from We'll Run For. That wasn't good. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I know one more thing I wanted to point out. This isn't really an alibi, but it was kind of cool. I I, I meant to mention it, but didn't. It was kind of cool. Walking into the 5K, I ran into a bunch of folks who recognized the name, recognized the voice or something. And at least two or three of them said to me, remember when we listed out the names of all, what was it, 150 people or whatever, something like that? I had two or three of them said to me, I raised my hand when you called my name or I stood up when you called my name. I thought that was hilarious, whether they did it or didn't. I thought that was pretty cool. So what's new, kids? Uh, who's running? Anybody, I, I ask this all the time. Anybody here going down for princess? I am for Lexi the challenge. Is. I Lexi wish for the challenge. That's good. How's I'm your running training? the half marathon virtually. Okay. Well, you're training too then. How's the training going? I just started back training this week. So that's good. Um, I mean, it's a slow process, but it'll be okay. No, that's good. Same. I started on Saturday. Okay. Slow and steady. You know, that's, that's something we could talk about a little bit. And uh, I, I made a post in Facebook about it and we talked to Brittany about it a little bit. After you finish Dopey, you've put so much effort into it. You finish it. It's, it's such a great feeling. And most of the time you're pretty well beat right after that one. Many of you head back to weather that's not really that conducive to doing a lot of outdoor training. And you get the post-dopey doldrums. So that's pretty normal. If you're feeling it out there, that's that's kind of to be expected. 
But about now, a couple of weeks out, about now is the time to, you don't want to lose everything you worked for. So about now is time to get back out there. Um, how are you guys getting by that? So, yeah, I, I got back to the gym, go back to the gym, working out a little bit. Uh, got on the treadmill, which I realize I don't like getting on the treadmill. Because, uh, no. you know, coming back here, it's like 17 degrees. Do I really want to go out and run after I was in 70 degree weather down in Florida? You know, I usually, I, last year, my entire training session was all outside. If it was cold, mm-hmm. raining, snowing, I did it. I said, okay. In shorts. In shorts. Well, I said, <laughs> mostly, you know, it's, it's a certain weather I do go below. I found out that compression tights, they actually uh, do well for you. You mean, you don't feel as tired, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That compression oh, yeah, shorts, can, compression that's tights. That's right. They can help. Yeah. 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 They were good. So, but especially at the uh, colder times in the long, like 5K outside shorts, no problem. Doing like six, seven miles, the compression shorts on a cold day work. I, th- I think most of the guys who run, especially guys who run in colder weather, I've got a couple pair. Last time I broke them out was uh, Jeff Galloway's half marathon in 2019. I think that was the last time I wore them. I didn't run dopey, but um, I know I felt this after my marathon of just yeah. kind of not wanting to run. Uh-huh. And that's okay. Um, it is. You can take a break. And if you're injured, Make sure you do rehab and heal and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I posted about this uh, the other day on our Passport to Run Instagram about how when I finished my marathon, I, I and up until now, I just kind of felt like my motivation was broken. Yeah. Um, you know, if I just didn't want to. Um, yeah. But, you know... Um, I think it's important to talk about those feelings because there's a lot of runners out there who are feeling the same way of like, we just did this amazing thing. What now? Um, as part of the, the dopey downers, as you called them. You, yeah. 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 I, I think, I think Brittany came up with that term. I think I called it the, the doldrums. Yes. Yes. She was calling it the dopey downers. Yeah. But you know, I feel like as long as, you don't let that consume you, you know, you take the time that you need and then yeah. start by running a couple of miles. And, you know, you don't have to have a structured training plan. If you're going straight into princess, you might want to get on out there, but it's okay to, to, you know, let your mind heal as well as your body. Agreed. I think recognize that it's to be expected. And and by the way, that Passport to Run Instagram, is that in any way affiliated with the Passport to Run YouTube site? Oh, it's completely affiliated <laughs> with it. You know, if if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, make sure you do that. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's great. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, go ahead, Jack. Yeah, to talk about motivation as well, I've been having a very, very hard time recently being open and honest. Um, After, I think, Chicago, I decided, you know, I need to take a break. And I was like, okay, I'll get ready for the marathon uh, for Disney. And then I hurt myself. And I just felt like I was starting to get into this like little well of sadness for myself because I was like, I, I love doing it. I love running. But I think part of me needed that break. And it's just like, I think seeing you guys run during Disney marathon weekend. And I was just so inspired by all the runners. I'm like, that's what I needed because I felt like 
I needed to fall back in love with running because with the injury and everything, I was just having a slight pity party, not going to lie. And I was like, oh, I wish I could, um, but I'm also happy I got the break. And, you know, seeing everybody run, like I said, it was just so inspiring. And like today, I finally was this week, really, I finally been able to run again and not very long. Well, I got four and a half miles today uh, listening to uh, the Brittany uh episode <laughs> that we just uh, had air and um I was just like just listening to her story and I'm like oh my god it felt so good to get back into it and I'm just hoping that everything goes okay so that I could still run the Tower of Terror 10 miler for springtime surprise and um the Lake Sonoma 50 miler a week after that so I'm like <sighs> it's been a good day <laughs> outstanding I'm glad you're running again Jack that's good now you know you, I'm not telling you you're smart enough you know take it easy yes because I know your goal is to finish that 50 miler that's a big deal so I'm excited I'm excited for you kiddo that's <laughs> really you. good yeah it's it's a little different where I live because actually we come back from dopey to what's really what's really prime running weather here for us uh, it's nasty today, but that's there are very few nasty days around here. So there are some big events coming up. The Skyway Bridge 10K, the Gasparilla Runs. Uh, I think there's one in Clearwater this weekend, too. There are a bunch of big ones. So if you're if you're still in Florida, there's a nice half marathon in celebration. Uh, this is actually a good time of year. And coming off of Dopey it's, or, or any of the runs, Marathon Weekend, it's a good time because you're, you're probably in prime condition. So motivations are a little, little bit different when the weather's nice like this. You guys go back into that nasty weather and I understand. Okay. Uh, moving on a little bit, the medals for the springtime surprise runs were published earlier this week. What'd you think guys? What'd you think? I loved it. (laughs) Coming from somebody like you guys already know. I worked at Tower of Terror, and I'm just so happy that the Tower of Terror 10 miler is everything I hoped and dreamed it would be, the medal. It looks great. It has Goofy. Cause I met Tower of Terror Goofy before. Bell that Goofy, Goofy, that's He's right. amazing. <laughs> um, and the other medals look so great, too. Personally, I just love the nostalgia of all of it because I never got to run any of these races, but I'm sure if I did run it back then, if I was able to, you know, um, I would be happy with those medals and it brings back to, you know, those cool times with all those different kinds of races. I'm very curious already to think about what they're going to do next year for springtime surprise 2023. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked them. Anything's got goofy on. It's okay with me. Y'all know that. Yeah. I loved the 10 miler um, medal. I think it's great. And you know, in case you haven't seen goofy moves on it, I think he moves up and down. I figured it he did. I didn't notice it, but I th- I would have been surprised if he didn't. Yeah, there's a slider on the, on them. Um and then uh I think the 10k spins and then the Everest 5k opens up to a compass. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That would be real interesting if you need the compass for the scavenger hunt after. You know it would. Right? Oh, I was just that'd be so cool. The same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, John. That's interesting. I wonder if they give the medals out beforehand. That that would be pretty neat. If you're listening, Run Disney, that's a great idea. That's John DeMarco, capital D, capital M, okay? D-I-M-A-R-C. Oh, yeah, I figured they have to. I figured they have to. <laughs> now everybody spells you're, it wrong. You really do want credit for this, don't you, John? <laughs> now everybody spells it wrong. They, they go, do. I can't, I can't find you. 
Uh, it's D-I. Oh, I had yes, D-E. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't, but that's different. Yeah, I feel like the only one that I'm, well, the the most disappointment I feel is towards the challenge medal. I still think it's a great medal. What? Um, I, I, I just, <laughs> I, was, I, I don't know what I wanted, but, but it doesn't feel like it fits in with the rest of them. He looks like he came from like the 90s to early 2000s. Jack, I agree with you too. I like the nostalgia of it, but I also, with calling it springtime surprise, I guess I was hoping for something spring themed. Yeah. Not that there's really a theme to any of them, but. Okay. That's, that's fair. (laughs) It is. I I actually liked that one. I, I read on Facebook a lot of negative comments about it. There was a, there was some feeling that Mickey didn't belong on anything other than the marathon medal, but I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty neat. He would, he's been on Wine and Dine for like four years. You know, I, you know, you're right. Very fair. Mm. <laughs> you have to like behind you, Bob. There's Mickey. <laughs> Mickey on the half. There, there he is. Yeah. So here he is over here. Yep. Yeah, Mickey's on a bunch of medals for Bond and Dine. That's right. Good observation. But I think, I mean, I'm excited to get all of them, regardless. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a nice medal haul. Well, I'm looking forward to being there. Uh, my only registration is the 10K, but I'm still looking forward to being there. I get to be the sign holder for you guys. Oh, Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm also excited to be there. I never did Star Wars at Disney World, so I haven't been there that time of year. Um, I did Princess One, so but it's still a little bit later, and I'm excited to see how if it's going to be any different than any other Run Disney um, weekends or how they're going to play it out. I will tell you, living here, it can get really warm that time of year, late March, early April. It doesn't mean it will be, but it can get quite warm. You know what I'm wondering about? What is going to be happening on that Friday? I Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> because we have the race on Thursday night, and then there's nothing, and then there's Saturday race, Sunday race. I'm is there going to be a think. special running event? I don't know. Isn't that uh, when they're doing the yoga? Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't. When are they doing the yoga? Wait. You think it's Friday morning? I thought it was Friday morning. March thirty first, they're doing the yoga. That's that's uh, Thursday, isn't it's it? Thursday, yeah. I think yeah. it kicks it all off. That's kind of weird. That's a weird time schedule there. Yeah. 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 So five thirty in the morning, you're doing yoga. Then you're getting back to your hotel, get getting dressed, and going to the expo. Uh huh. Yeah. To get your to get your bib for the five k. That night. That yep. night. Yep. As of right now. Um, Tuesday at 8.53 p.m. Could change by uh, when this releases, but if you're still wanting to sign up for a race for Springtime Surprise, they still have the Tower of Terror 10-miler open, and they still have the Yoga Sunrise open. I've been eyeing that Yoga Sunrise. I'm not sure yet. if I'm Princess just opened like last week for a little bit, so who knows? Maybe after Princess Weekend, Springtime will open. Okay, so we'll we'll talk more about uh, princess and springtime as they get closer. Uh, princess is getting pretty close, but 
We'll talk more about those in the uh, upcoming weeks. Now it's time for an abbreviated race report. Now I'm going to start again with apologies and alibis. I missed a couple of running events. We've been so busy here in the last week or so that I missed a couple and I failed to talk about the Western Arkansas tutu run that our buddy Joe did back in the middle of January where it was 31 degrees, 15 mile an hour winds and snowing. And Joe did it, not virtually, Joe did this one live. So more power to you, Joe. And if, if I remember this correctly, and I checked it again earlier today, Joe said his age group was the only age group that had more than one entrant. So all the other age groups just had one entrant in them, one, one entry. The old guys, being as hardy as they are, didn't mind this nasty weather, and they went out and did the Western Arkansas tutu run. No tutu for Joe, though. And then on the 22nd, on the 22nd, Joe had the uh, Amelia's Race 5K. I, I think that one did go virtual. I think, the, I think the weather got even worse, and it went virtual. We've got one coming up uh, January 30th, Hilton Head, South Carolina, the Hilton Head Half. Michelle is doing that one. And that's all I've got on the on the uh, on our Run Disney motivational team uh, race list. There is a link to that file in the Rise and Run Podcast Facebook group. And if you're running an event, please, if you don't mind, let us know. I, first of all, we love to acknowledge them here. Uh, we love to follow up and see how you did. And as you'll, as you'll catch here in a, just a moment, we're looking to talk to more people online here. So if you got an inter interesting run, we'd like to hear about it. I know the Donna's coming up in Jacksonville, the Donna Marathon Series. Uh, that's a big one. I don't know. I don't think anybody I'm talking to right now is doing that one. But I'll bet you somebody that we're talking to on the podcast is doing that. That's that's a big event over there in Jacksonville in uh, first weekend in February, I think. I'm almost positive. I don't think it's I don't think it's this weekend. I think it's next weekend is the Donna. Okay, so that's it for our abbreviated race report. I'm sure as the season grows, we'll have more and more folks in on that one. Fun interview this evening, guys. We talked to Wendy and Ross in Australia. We wanted to, Wendy saw that, uh, she listened to the report we did on Angelie's Angels and she popped me a note and said, Hey Bob, I'd like to talk about Achilles International. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to do that. So we visited with Wendy and Ross. Hey guys, we've got a special interview this evening. Not only are we interviewing folks in different time zones, we're actually we're actually interviewing folks from tomorrow. Wendy and Ross, welcome to the Rise and Run podcast and happy Australia Day. Thanks. It's fantastic to be here. I can't think of a better way to spend the day. It's too hot for us to be out and about anyway. So I've, I've had a little yeah. walk this morning before the temperature got too high, but uh, a bit of an indoor day here with the temperature forecast to be close to 100 Fahrenheit for the day in a row. I yeah. see the fan running behind you there too. Fifth day in a row, 
triple digits. Guys, it's good to have you with us. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk about a couple things, but tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing and, and running in Australia and and what you got going on. Okay, well, it's, I guess it's good to have some history of running because I'm I'm uh, not your traditional runner. I'm what's often referred to as an adult onset runner. I certainly didn't didn't run as a child and, in fact, actively avoided it. And Ross, I know, only really ran when he had to as part of hockey matches. Yeah, so I used to play field hockey as a teenager up to I was about Oh, 30. nice. So, so that meant I, my running was was restricted to 100 yards up and down a, down a hockey ground. Yeah, sprinting. So yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm a mum to a couple of grown-up kids, but about a decade or more ago I was also, as well as being a mum and working, caring for my ageing parents. And after Dad had passed away, I had a very close relationship to my mother and as she went through a cancer journey, she... She didn't drive, and so I would drive her to radiotherapy or chemotherapy and all of her appointments for melanoma. And uh, after she had a treatment, she would say, let's go get a cup of coffee. And I, I knew that time with her was pretty precious, so I always said yes, and she always ordered a piece of cake, which she never felt like eating, which I always <laughs> ended up eating. And during that time, I gained a couple of kilos. And when she passed away, I had some time to myself and thought, well, you know, what would I like to do with this newfound time? And I decided that I would try and get a bit fitter and lose a couple of kilos. So my initial aim was to walk 500 miles in a year. And then I discovered that walking was kind of a slow process. You don't get anywhere fast. So down at the little local creek at the end of my street, I would put on a hat and some dark glasses. And when I was down the creek and there was nobody watching and nobody around, I would jog a little bit. Until eventually one day I met one of the other school mums and she was hot and she was sweaty and she was working hard. I thought, hey, if Trudy can be out there looking like that, so can I. And that's the day I just... Gave it all away and my sneaky jogging became, gee, I'm going to try this with the aim of doing 5K. I wanted to be able to run 5K. Excellent. Now, you and Ross are both Galloway runners, right? Both part of the customized training program. Yeah. How'd you get into that? Well, initially, Jeff had free training programs on an app I was using and I came into Runkeeper was the app. I love Runkeeper. And I followed a Jeff Galloway plan to run my first ever half marathon. And I was very honest and very faithful to the plan. And uh, I liked it. But it, I didn't understand the Galloway philosophy entirely. I used it to go a long way, but I still thought that if I ran everything, I would go quicker at 5K. So I was still running. 5K or 10K with no intervals, but using intervals for my longer runs. Then in terms of Ross, I, I then became a devout runner, uh, part of the cult, and there's a really splendid run here in Victoria called the Great Ocean Road Marathon Festival, 
which is along an iconic piece of road along the coast of Victoria that was built during the Great Depression by people working for the government to get their sustenance payments. And it's a huge tourist attraction. And for this one day they closed the road and there's a 46K run for the full marathon, which I've never done, but a 23K they call a half from a place called Kennet River back to Apollo Bay. And I, I've loved that run every time I've done it and I was very keen for Ross to do it. So I bought him some customised coaching sessions as a birthday present, which is a little cheeky, I know. Oh, I think that's great. <laughs> so, I think that's awesome. So, so the half is 23K and it's 23K because it's from uh, a country town to a country town. And there's no easy way to to, to start at 21k. Yeah. Right. If if it was 21k to finish in Apollo Bay, you'd be starting at the bottom of a hill. So in the middle of nowhere on a two-lane road yeah. on the edge of a cliff, a bit like the road near Pacifica in California. So so my birthday present was six months of Galloway customized training program with Chris Twiggs, and that was in March. And the half marathon was in May. So I had, had a fairly accelerated program to get to to do that half. And I had been running park runs, which we'll talk about the, the 5K free yeah. runs. And when I was running, um, I'd sort of go with, with Wendy. We'd, we'd meet some friends. And I thought, this is a race. I'd run as hard as I could. And I'd get to about 2K. I'd had enough, so I walked. I thought, oh, I can't walk the whole thing. I'll run again. And then I get too tired again and walk again. So I did this for a while and I thought, well, there's got to be some better way of this. So I thought, okay, I'll run for two minutes and then I'll walk for two minutes. And that was the way I was doing all my running. And then Wendy uh, and gave me the Galloway program and I worked out how you can do intervals a little bit more scientifically um, and haven't looked back from there. So... So um, running how many years? Four or five uh, or something? Uh, three or four, I think. Mm -hmm. I think this, this will be the third year that I've done the, the Great Ocean Road Half Marathon. Um, so, and, it, and it's a funny distance because it's 23K. So my first one that I ever did after the training was just just under, just over two hours 50 for the, for the 23K. Which oh, was, a, was a was a pretty good start. Yeah, um, sure. and, you know, continuing through. So last year I did uh, the virtual Boston Marathon um, during during our COVID lockdown, and then my first in person marathon was the uh, Melbourne Marathon in December, um, which it would have been in October, but with uh, COVID restrictions, we got pushed out. So we actually started an hour earlier because it was going to be a hot day pretty much like today. By the time I finished, um, it was around the 30 degrees Celsius, so 90 degrees Oof. Fahrenheit or so. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's pretty warm, especially to be running. So, yeah, you kind of, you kind of discovered I, – I did that too with the Galloway method. I kind of discovered that uh, if I threw a couple walks in there, sometimes I'd actually go faster overall. And interestingly, it would resonate to any Galloway listeners is that when I finished that first or second park run running hard, I was actually sore. My, I had mm -hmm. a sore knee. And, you know, the first thing that we did was go to a pharmacist and buy some uh, 
some some pain medication so I could survive the rest of the day. So um, hearing that Galloway said let's run to, to not get injured was uh, was a great way to do things. So it ended up being a gift that, as Wendy called it, a cheeky gift, but it changed your life. Uh, a- a- absolutely. Um, you know, our Sundays now is we'll go somewhere and run together our long, long, long runs. Um, and, and then we usually eat too. So yeah. let's, let's not leave the eating. okay. <laughs> and and we're, we're sort of destination runners, if you like. We'll go and, and run somewhere nice in, in a new park um, or a new trail um, and, and do that as, as go, go for the run in the morning and then find a nice cafe in the local area and uh, have a, a, a nice sit down. I've heard you guys say this a couple of times and, and we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. Tell us about park runs in Australia. So, so park run um, started in the UK um, and it's a free weekly timed 5K run every Saturday morning. Um, largely in Australia and in, in Victoria, we start at 8am and it's run completely by volunteers. So each park run is called an event and it has someone called an event director who basically um, gets the uh, uh, volunteers each week and each week we'll have a run director who's in charge of a day, like a race director at any any event, and they'll have a series of volunteers. There'll be a volunteer timekeeper, a volunteer finish token to hand out a finish token to as you cross the line. There's marshals, there's barcode scanners, there's photographers, um, and park run. Even though it's run, it's not. A, it's certainly not a race. Um, it but is. It's not even necessarily a run. No, it's the, the name is something of a misnomer because whilst it began with and for runners, yeah. it now exists for entire communities and actively encourages you to complete your five k in whichever way and time you care. So there are many finishes at around the one hour mark yeah. or longer. We, we we often talk we often talk about you going for a walk, jog, or run. And you know, that when it started, the run director was called a race director. And in parkrun, you will never, ever, ever finish last. There is a volunteer's job who in the old days was called a tail runner, but now they're called a tail walker. And they're the sweep. So if you want to talk Disney, they're the balloon ladies. But, there they, you go. They, won't, but they won't kick there you, you off the course. <laughs> They'll follow the slowest person. And if that person is... An hour and ten minutes, they'll follow them all the way to the end. So that that's how we do it. And and there's hundreds in um, Australia and all around the world. So you sign up parkrun.com or your local um, uh, country site. You register for a barcode, and that allows you to run anywhere around the world. But most people will run at their local parkrun that's set up by a local group of people. Now, Wendy, you set one up, didn't you? I did. So our local, the start line is about 1.2K from bed. Uh, the turnaround point's about 450 metres from my bed. Um, <laughs> I, I was keen to have one close. I was enjoying park run, but our That's nearest close. was about a 20-minute drive away, about maybe 17 kilometres or so. And I knew I had a good course. Uh, and I managed, it costs about $7,000 to set up a park run by the time you get your 
equipment, you, you give that money to Parkrun Global and they organise all your insurances. You organise all your local permits with your local council or the landowner. Um, that doesn't usually cost anything. So there's the one-off uh, setup fee that you raise. We got that money through the Australian Commonwealth Games had a series of grants for communities okay. to live healthier, and I got a $7,000 grant from the Commonwealth Games Fund to Very start nice. our local park run at Gardner's Creek. So I organised the course and got the equipment and set up a, a core team of volunteers to be the run directors each week. And uh, that, that's how our local park run came to be. And it's still going, right? Oh, it is absolutely still going. They average about 200 finishes a week. That's great. Uh, runs on a team each week of probably around 15 volunteers by the time you've got a run director and some marshals and some people to scan barcodes. And uh, certainly certainly the marshals could, could be called cheerleaders. They're, they're nominally directing <laughs> you along the course, but they're actually just encouragers. Good deal. Um, actually, I, I, had, I had not heard of Park Run until I got into Customized. And uh, I don't know if it was Ross or if one of the fellows from the UK, I think it was probably one of the guys we have from England. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Mike Ainsworth, yeah. Oh. Mike, that's right. Right, right, right. So I actually looked, and they exist in the US, but not many people know about them. There's actually one... And, there's actually one not terribly far from me, and another friend I have from England sent me a text message one day saying, "Hey Bob, you need to go over to this place and investigate Park Run over there." And I haven't done that yet, but I might. I think I will. I think it's just that the running market maybe is is quite heavily saturated, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. And I think there's a slight cultural difference in the ethos of. Uh, volunteering maybe I, I just don't know I'm not sure why it hasn't taken off we've got in the state of Victoria here I think we've got 97 park runs and Ross is aiming wow. to do his first 100 park runs at 100 different park run events that's so amazing Ross, Ross has done 95 90, 94 94 park runs including a few in New Zealand and we've done New South Wales and West Queensland. Australia, South Australia, yep. Tasmania, yep. Capital Territory. Yeah. So, so I, I, so I've done ninety-four different places. I have never run at the same place as a park run. So, so that, that means a lot of travel. But you've volunteered. I, vol I volunteer. So I'm, I'm one of the run directors. I'm one of one of the run directors at, at, at Gardeners Creek. So about every six or eight weeks, I'll. I'll Take my turn at, uh, at running an event, and I get to sh shout out three, two, one, go. But I've I've done more than a hundred park runs at Westerfolds Park Run, where I began my park run journey, and uh, I've done about ninety-eight different park run courses around Australia wow. and Ireland. And there's yeah, two hundred and seventy-ish park runs all up, plus volunteered on seventy-eight different occasions so that's another effectively a year of volunteering yeah so, uh, that's fantastic so it's that a big part of fantastic. our life and so in terms of seeing places hmm. and being destination type runners to go to a park run 
in a country town in our state is lovely because an integral part of the parkrun experience is really having a cup of coffee afterwards and you get to go and meet the local runners and sit with them and say, what's a great thing to go see this afternoon while we're in your town? Oh, that's tremendous. I was going to actually ask about that. I mean, it expands your running family, doesn't it? Hugely. Yeah. And, and we've been to a couple of smaller country towns over the last few weeks where they, they might only have 15 or 20 runners. Um, and it might be a farming community and it's it's just a few people coming in. So you go from 15 to, to a couple of hundred to even four or 500. And and we we love going off to these small communities, you know, join in and then have a chat with them afterwards, you know, what are they doing and and uh, how, how is their running going? That's great. That's great. I mean, I can understand the attraction. That's terrific. What I was curious about, because I've actually never had like a running partner that I ran with during my training runs, do you guys run your races together as well? Sometimes. We plan in advance what we're going to do. So it depends very much on our aims for the day. So if Ross has been training really hard and he wants to go and see what he can do, I say, go have a nice run, dear. So we had a, a half marathon recently where he just wanted to see where his training had taken him and what he could do. And so I sent him on his way. And it was an out-and-back course and I waved at him after he had made the turn and I was still taking photos of the birds and the beaches and the scenery and having a chat to every other runner that was passing because that that's not my running aim. I, I like to just have a good time. But then uh, certainly our training runs we often do together but sometimes in races we say, let's just go savour the race. You know, Great Ocean Road, we've always done together because um, for for me, that race with the beautiful views is very much about experiencing what's going on around you. It's about being present, being in the moment and savouring the fact that there's a rainbow to look at or, gosh, look at that, the the sea is breaking. Look at those clouds on that sea. You know, so we, we, we talk about... Uh, the, the Great Ocean Road Half Marathon, we start at Kennet River and in the first two k's we go up a hill and we go through a grove of trees, of native Australian gum trees. And it's really important to be running together because through that we look up in the trees and we go and we koala spot. So the koalas, the, the Australian animal, you will run and go, hey, there's a koala up in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that often ha- happens on the walk break. So walk breaks might get a bit extended there. Um, and then, and yeah, we just run together and, and enjoy that scenery. Yeah. And especially on training runs, Ross knows that for me, the native Australian birds bring me just a ridiculous sense of joy. And Ross will spot a bird for me occasionally. And it's, it's for me, like the best date night, only I don't have to put on fancy clothes and manage difficult cutlery and be on my best behaviour. We can be together and savour a black cockatoo with yellow cheeks and a big wingspan, in, in, you know, and that, that shared moment for me uh, is just a supreme joy. I love that. That's great. I mean, I, I'm just enjoying listening to it. <laughs> Look, and in many ways, I know we were going to talk about Achilles, 
Um, yeah, we are. Ways, that explanation I just gave is part of what, uh, combined with Parkrun, drew me to being part of the Achilles International family because through Parkrun I had seen vision-impaired runners running with their guides and through my love of the experience of running rather than being a runner that experiences joy with speed, I really wanted to be able to share that experience of my joy of movement. And the combination of seeing vision-impaired runners at Parkrun and my joy is how really I came to be involved with Achilles International. Well, that's, that's terrific. Back up just a little bit and tell folks who don't know what Achilles International is. Okay, Achilles International is, is one that probably there are people in the U.S. who are way more expert on this topic than me because it's very much a U.S.-centric international organisation that began in the U.S. as the Achilles Track and Field Club to allow access to the social and physical and mental benefits of sport and movement to people who had sometimes not had access to that. So people with physical uh, and sometimes intellectual impairments that aren't always uh, in a position to access the benefits of sport themselves. So initially the Achilles Track and Field Club was set up to uh, as much as anything, provide guides for visually impaired runners and track athletes to participate. And you'll see that now often at the Paralympics. You'll see people with low vision and vision impairment uh, being guided on their track and field events. But, in fact, Achilles allows that to happen on a much more regular basis. So our local Melbourne chapter of Achilles grew out of Achilles coming to Australia, I think, early 2000s, but dates are a bit, bit hazy for me. Um, but my friend Amanda was living in Canberra and there was a, a chapter of Achilles in Canberra and she was involved in parkrun and made friends with a couple of vision-impaired runners and started guiding them at parkrun, learning mostly from them what they needed to be guided. And she then moved to Melbourne and set up a chapter here that uh, guides a lot of vision-impaired runners mostly. That's the, the, the thing here is it's mostly vision-impaired runners because there's a, the market's pretty full for people helping with wheelchair runners and, and that. But, but there, there had been a, a gap in the market for vision-impaired people to be able to join in. Being a guide for a visually impaired runner, uh, do you, like let's say you have a visually impaired runner that's going to run the uh, Great Ocean Marathon, half marathon. Do you train with them beforehand or you just say, okay, that race event, you're coming up and you're volunteering and you get somebody there? How does that work? Okay. We're, we're centered in Melbourne and it would be pretty unusual to be guiding someone you haven't at least run with once or twice before in training. So we have training twice a week on Wednesdays for strength and conditioning and on Sunday mornings everybody meets in the city of Melbourne and 
that's the Achilles training session on Sunday morning there. And you end up um, having a kind of core group of matchups of people that want to run at similar kind of paces. So I have a, a little group of people that I would guide, a, a lady called Brooke who has some vision and a guide dog, but her guide dog doesn't isn't really good for a 5K run. So we leave the dog at the start and Brooke and I will do 5K together. Now she she's not built for speed, but she'll do 10K in 70 or 80 minutes. That's not bad. And that's about as fast as I can really go. But there's Sheila who's in her 70s who will mostly do 5K in 45 or 50 minutes. Amir, who's the captain of the Australian Blind Soccer Team, uh, who I often guide, uh, and he likes he likes intervals. Like that's why I often run up with Amir because he he likes his Galloway too. But I, yeah, so you you just end up being matched with people on pace as much as anything. So I know that you said um, in your local area you you help the people who are visually impaired, but for others that are interested in getting um, or learning about Achilles International, so it's to help anybody who has any sort of disability, correct? Because it was founded by a man who um, was an amputee, correct? That's absolutely right. So it's to provide access to, to uh, it's, it's so broad. Um, with Ainsley's Angels, there was a very specific wheelchair Mm-hmm. Bent. Achilles yeah. covers a broad range, but each chapter has its own flavour. That's awesome. And it's interesting, I suppose, and a bit of a pun, but Achilles are most visible as 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 running guides in, in Victoria and Melbourne. Um, and the, the visibility comes from their bright yellow T-shirts. So um, a, a little bit like you we're talking about Ainsley's Angels, Bob, wearing the pink, but. They're wearing the yellow T-shirts, big sign. The the runners have their own that that, that says blind athlete, and uh, the, the the guides have it says guide. So it, it's really clear. Um, but yeah, certainly the focus here is more on the visually impaired, and and for a, and for a half marathon, um, rather than just the guide and the the athlete, they'll actually have somebody run in front who will form a little wedge. And, yeah. and, and for half marathon, basically run blind runner, blind runner, and just make sure that the people in front will move out of the way. Kind of a safety person. Yeah. yeah. So in training, we'll just run uh, tethered. Some of my visually impaired athletes like a waist tether and others will have a, like a small piece of rope with a handle on each end that we'll hold that they're guided by. But once we're in a race situation and it's crowded, we nearly always would have a second guide running just ahead to provide a clear course because many of our athletes, Amir, who I guide, the, the soccer guy, has no vision at all, none. Wow. And so having a clear path ahead of him uh, and for me to have visual uh, awareness of what's immediately ahead of us so I can communicate that becomes quite critically important. So uh, I, my, my 
the main role will be to verbally interpret the situation we find ourselves in, surface changes, any bumps or lumps in the course, any dogs running off a leash, for instance, that are nearby, so visual warning. But in case you hadn't noticed that I quite like to talk, I do quite like to also um, share the surroundings with, with my VI runner. Oh, that's, so that's I, great. I frequently talk about uh, what is visually surrounding us and most of my VI runners are happy to hear me discussing colours, to talk about how blue the sky is or how grey the sky is or what colour a dog is that's coming towards us. Makes the miles go by faster. In terms of uh, being a guide, did you guys go through training or how does that go? Yep, there's plenty of online training. So there's videos on the Achilles website. But I also did a formal training with uh, the Melbourne chapter of Achilles. However, even with the formal training where we learn things like you see a surface change ahead. So I'll say concrete coming up in three two, one, so I'll provide warnings. I also have a really good, honest conversation with each VI runner before we begin, asking them what they need. So two of the facets, I suppose, of being a good guide are being outgoing enough to say, hi, I'm Wendy, I'm your guide for the day, and uh asking what people need, but then listening to and taking on board their answers. So helping provide them the run that they want. You know, I've got a couple of friends who on social media, I always find it intriguing that they'll, um, they'll post, oh, I went out for a run this morning, it was too hot and I didn't feel good and I didn't this, that, the other, and rarely will post the joy to counter that. And I often think, if I wasn't feeling such great joy in my outings and my running journeys, I don't know if I'd keep going. But, you know, for me, it's just untold pleasure, I guess partly coming from that background of not being a runner and maybe beginning running not believing that I could to discover that there is a place for me in the running family, even if I interval. Even if I walk more than I run, that to discover that I can be outside and participate and share my joy, like there's nothing I like more than a chat like this where we get to say, how lucky are we? Yes, I couldn't agree more. It's perfectly said. Before I let you go, I want to add that Achilles International, for our listeners, Achilles International has charity bibs for New York, Chicago, Berlin, and I'm sure other events. So you can look into that. Achilles International, all one word, .org is their website, which we'll post in the show notes. And how much do I love this that we sit here and see, I'm, I'm an old guy and I can look at this and my son, kids his age, they just go, oh, this is normal. I'm in Florida, you're in Australia, and it's like you're in the next room. I think that's amazing. I love the fact that uh, I was uh, running in uh, Walt Disney World with a fellow from Scotland, 
And while we were running, I got a text message from a fellow in the UK. And it's, it is just, people get tired of hearing me saying it. It's just one big family. And I'm so happy to be part of it. And I'm so happy that Wendy, you and Ross joined us for a little bit this evening. That was fantastic. Well, thanks so much for having us. It's been an absolute joy discovering your podcast and spending time with you guys. Wow, that was an awesome interview that we just had with Ross and Wendy. Um, we want to say thank you again to them. I had no idea about Achilles International before um, we met with them, so that was really interesting to learn about and the park runs as well to hear their stories. I agree. It was fun. I learned a little bit about Achilles International. Like I was telling Wendy, we never know where this is going to go. Uh, we never know who's going to listen and go, hey, I, I think I want to look into that and maybe help that organization out a little bit. As I mentioned at the end of the interview, they've got charity bibs, so that's a that's an avenue to support them. So I think it's kind of a neat thing. I think it's something that we're going to do maybe a little bit more of in the future, uh, see if we can't find folks involved with other charitable organizations. Okay, friends, before we go, I want to thank, thank some folks. Again, we've been busy. We did get four new written reviews, which, again, we can't thank you enough for these. They're helpful to us. And they, they make us feel good. Makes us feel good that you're listening. But as I say every time, as far as I know, <laughs> it uh, the more of these reviews that we have written in Apple Podcasts, at least, the easier it is for folks to find us when they do their searches. We're up to 18 reviews, but I don't know. I didn't count how many the written. That's 18 folks that came in and give us star review ratings. And we're grateful for those. We got four new reviews. We got from DW Gerb. I know that's Dean. Thank you, Dean. T possible 47. I know who this is, but I can't, I can't place the handle. I can't think of the name. Uh, sleep gal 67. That's Judy. Whose birthday I forgot. God, I feel bad about that. And Cubs fan NJ. Anybody know who Cubs fan NJ is? I like the Cubs. I'm a Phillies fan, but I like the Cubs. Anyway, we're, we're grateful that you take the time to do that. I know it takes a little bit, takes a little bit of energy, a little bit of effort, but Trust us. We really, really appreciate it. And I'm still trying to figure out how to rate things in Spotify. Apparently you can rate a podcast in Spotify now, just star ratings, not written reviews. Okay. So that does it for episode 16. We look forward to talking to you next week. I hope the weather gets better for most of us. Really. I think most of us have some rotten weather right now. So I hope it gets better. Hope you can get back out there. Hope you enjoy training for whatever it is you're getting ready to do. Hope we get a chance to see you in person before much longer. And until that happens, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.